This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, enjoy today's message with Adam Donier. The title of today's message, which we're wrapping up the series, and all the kids are about to go back to school, and mom said, yeah, yeah, woo, yes, get them out of the house, yes, woo, woo, need my sanity back, right? We love them, but man, this... How many, how many moms are ready for school to start back up? Just curious. Yeah, look at all the hands. Yes, 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 yes. I'm ready. And, and I'm not a mom. So uh, my, boy, my boys need some rhythm and some routine to say the least. So uh, the, summer's done. Felt like a longer summer because of this pandemic, right? I've been home longer than normal. But soon enough, they'll be back and, and the Chiefs fans will be out in, in droves. Look at that. But the, we're wrapping up the series. In the last... Series messages. Dream again. Why? Why would I add again at the end of this title? Well, when we're young, we dream like crazy, right? Come in kindergarten, first grade. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. Or all the way up till I was 18 years old. Don't judge me. I want to be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> I said, don't judge me. True story, I grew up in San Diego, California. So I grew up going to SeaWorld two or three times a year. When you go to SeaWorld two or three times a year, you want to be a dolphin trainer. Not because you want to be a marine biologist, but because you want to put your two feet on the nose of those dolphins and let them throw you 30 feet up in the air. I went to college saying I wanted to major in marine biology. As soon as I started taking some science classes, I no longer wanted to be a marine biologist. My dream was out of whack. But, but what happens? Like, what, what happens to our dreams? Really, what, like, there is some point in life, the world beats us down, the enemy gets, and we stop dreaming. And, and we fall for the status quo. I'm, I'm just going to live in this house. I'm just going to go through the motions. And then I'm just going to walk into the presence of Jesus when I take my last breath. How does that happen? You know, because it's crazy, because I've studied this like crazy the last couple of weeks. And, and I don't see anywhere in Scripture... Where if God calls you to him, he doesn't plan a dream in your heart. You got to realize though, there's a difference between our dreams and God's dreams for us. It's a significant difference. And a lot of times the enemy loves us to focus on our dreams. But if they're God dreams for us, guess what Romans 8.31 says? If God is for us, it's a rhetorical question. The, the answer is no one. So if God is first in your life and you're pursuing him and he's putting desires and dreams and callings on your life, which I believe every single one of you who walked in here, God has a calling on your life. Whether you've come to know Jesus yet or not, but if you already know Jesus, he has a calling on your life. Scripture tells me that. So when we make dreams and we start dreaming God-sized dreams, it's important that the dream glorifies God and not ourselves. So, so in your dream, you've got to be important. Number one, glorify God with your dream and not yourself. Hey, this is important, right? Because we can, like, man, I, I want to do this. I want to have a thousand followers. I want to be famous. I want to do, or some of you even do this. God, if you just let me win the Powerball, I'll use that money to serve the poor. Stop it. Stop it. God's not a genie, right? You can serve the poor now. You can do what, with what resources you can have now, you can do something with that. And, and so it's important that if the dream is about glorifying God, you're, you're, you're one step closer to that dream becoming a reality. God wants all the glory. 
right? There's people in Genesis 11, you may have heard of them. They had a dream. They had a big dream. They wanted to make a name for themselves. This is the Tower of Babel, right? Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens and let us make a name for... It's a bad idea and it's a bad dream. You, you want to make your name great? Most of you in here can't even tell me the first and last name of your great-great-grandparents. And, and that's your own family. And you want to dream about making your name great and putting your name in lights? No, no, no. It's about his name. Because here's the irony in this verse. Why did they want to do this? They didn't want to be dispersed over the whole face of the earth. Uh-oh. Guess what, knuckleheads, for trying to make yourself great? I'm going to mess up all your languages. There's Swahili, there's Spanish, there's French. Good luck understanding each other. Right? Best friends, one day they're talking together. The next day, what? What's he saying? No, that's my best friend. I don't understand a word he's saying. Split them up because they wanted to make the glory about them. It, it was all about them being great and not about God being great. So then if any of you in here have ever trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, which has a free invitation. It's, it's what he's giving. You don't earn it. You don't, you don't work for it. It's not a part of works. It's a part of grace that he's freely given you. That he died on the cross for our sins. That he was buried. He resurrected. He's coming back. For those of you that believe Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior, that moment you come to understand you were created for his glory, not your own. And I support this with Isaiah 43, 7. Look what it says. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. That's why you exist. That's why the, every single one of us in here, whether you want to recognize it, we all exist to bring God glory. All the glory goes to God. So whether you're a football player, a doctor, a CEO, a, whatever, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad, whatever, you exist to bring God glory. So as you step in that dream, if your sole purpose of your dream is to bring him all the glory, trust that dream. Trust that call. But if it's to bring glory to yourself, you're missing your whole purpose for existing. You all exist to bring him glory. Well, that seems kind of narcissistic of God. No. If you, if you don't think he deserves all the glory tonight when it gets dark, I want you to go try and just hang one star. Not a billion. I just want you to try to go hang one star in the sky and see how that goes for you. Or, or if you don't want to wait till tonight, I want you to go to Table Rock and just go ahead and try to walk on it and see how that goes for you. He deserves all the glory, all of it, not, not some of it, not 99% of it, 100% of it. And when your dream is focused on bringing all the glory, all the praise, all the honor to him, I think you can start trusting that call in your heart and that call in your life. The second one is don't doubt. So glorify God, not yourself. Don't doubt. If, if God has put a dream in your heart that is about advancing his kingdom and letting him be known and making his name great, and, and how a, a living life is proof of a loving God, then, yeah, then, then walk in that dream. But we, we'll start walking in that dream, and we'll start taking a couple steps, and then, and then we'll just doubt. We'll get discouraged. People will hate on it. People will say it's not going to happen. People will give all this negativity of why it won't work and, and give a whole mountain of, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And then we start looking at the problem rather than the one that produced the dream in our heart. So you, so you can't doubt. You know who doubted was Sarah, all right? How old was Sarah? She was barren. She, she was beyond being able to have kids. But God put a dream in Abraham's heart. He said, Abraham, come here. Hey, look up. You see all those stars that you can't even count? I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as those. No, God, are you going to give me a lot more maidservants besides Hagar? Because 
Where, where, where's these descendants going to come from? And, and, and they doubted. But you know why we don't have to doubt? Because God uses his people regardless of their ability. It, it's not up to you and I on being able to carry it out. It's up to you and I to be faithful and walk in obedience. God does rest. Think, think about all throughout scripture, people that God puts dreams in their heart and he uses. Abraham was a liar. Noah was drunk. Moses didn't speak very well. Sarah was too old. Rahab was a prostitute. Jonah ran from God. Gideon doubted. David was a murderer, conspirator, and adulterer. Rahab was a prostitute. Mary Magdalene was an adulteress. Peter had a big mouth. Paul was impulsive. Timothy was too young. Lazarus was dead. Balaam's donkey was a donkey. There's another term in the King James for donkey. Yet, God fulfilled these amazing dreams and callings on their life. You see, it had nothing to do with their ability. It had everything to do with God put something in their heart and said, don't doubt, I got this. I hung the universe. I'm the creator. And if I can use a donkey and a dead person, I can surely use you, Adam. You just walk in faithfulness and obedience and watch me work. And make sure you give me all the glory. But they doubted. Watch what happens. Where's your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent. That's not the first time a woman's eavesdropped. I can assure you that. (laughs) Which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am too old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. Are you you really going to try to have this conversation with God? Are you really? Yes, you did. I'm the creator of the universe. You laughed. I heard you. I even hear you when you don't talk. Okay? I did not laugh, but he said, yes, you actually did laugh. So stop lying to me. I'm God. Okay? So, so, so glorify God. Don't doubt. The third one is don't make excuses. You, you can think of a million excuses. I used to have a college coach and he says, don't make excuses. They're like armpits. Everybody's got them and they all stink. Right? That's the Woodland Hills version of that, by the way, okay? <laughs> but, 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 like, excuses, they're, they're everywhere, and we'll never be short of them. But, but my God's not a God of excuses. My God is a God of doing and getting done and, and continually advancing his kingdom. And so we're either on God's boat going forward or we're not. And if you're making excuses, you're not. If I'm making excuses, I'm not. I, I can think of a million reasons why I can't do something. But, you know, people that make excuses are usually interrupted by people who don't. And they're, and they're fulfilling God's call in their life. Here's someone else who made an excuse. It was Moses, right? Moses answered, what if? What if? There's the excuse. What if? What if they don't listen to me? What if it doesn't work? I, 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 I got a stutter. I, 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 I can't speak very well. I, I, I'm not gonna be, they're not going to listen to me. And I defeated one of their Egyptians. And, 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 and what if? They don't believe me or listen to me and what I say. Like, what what if this doesn't... What? What ifs are the dust that our dreams collect on the shelf? Ladies and gentlemen, if God has called you to him and you know Jesus, he's put a dream or a calling on your life. 
Not an occupation. An occupation is a job. It's how you bring money in for the family. A vocation, from the Latin word voca, meaning calling, is a calling God has on your life. And he puts a dream in your heart. And you can think of all the excuses of why you can't do it or why you can't accomplish it or why it won't be done. But that's, that's, that's the dust. You, you always wonder, what if? No, what if God really does do it? What if you flipped it the other way? What if God does want to use me? What, well, guess what? He does. And, and, and it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Like God never grows tired of using his people that just want to walk in his story and his faithfulness. It, it, it's amazing. The last one is, is you've got to walk in humility. You've got to walk with humility, understanding who gave you. Hey, someone in scripture didn't do a great job in walking in humility when God gave him a dream. There's this guy named Joseph. Matter of fact, God gave him a little coat, or his dad gave him a coat. Yo, yo, bros, look at my coat. Look at all these colors. Look at me. Brothers didn't like it. And then he gets a dream, and he's like, hey, guess what? I'm going to rule over you suckers. How you like that? They didn't like, there wasn't much humility to that. It's not, because God and pride are the opposite of another one. As a matter of fact, pride is the fertile soil from which all other sins grow. It was pride that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. It was pride that got Adam and Eve in the mess that they're in that we all face today. Pride is a beast. And so any dream that God gives you, you walk in humility. You know words I've never, ever heard in my life to this day. You know what? I just don't like that fella. He's just so humble. <laughs> Said no one ever. I've never heard anyone say, now I've heard the opposite. Uh, man, that guy is an arrogant, you fill in the blank. But I've never, ever heard anyone not like somebody because they walk in humility and there's a teachable to them and, and a willingness to them, right? Joseph, look at he doesn't walk in humility. Watch what happens. Now, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brother, they hated him even more. Now, Joseph was determined this dream was from God, Right? And so he has this dream. Well, then he's sold into slavery by his brothers. They take him off. They lie to his dad, say he was, he was killed. And then he goes to be in Egypt. And then he gets accused falsely of, of Potiphar's wife, of him trying to lay with her. And then he gets put in the palace. Could you imagine, I mean, in the pit, in the dungeon. Could you imagine while he's in the dungeon, what he's thinking? God, was this dream really from you? God, is it? No, it was. And, and just because it didn't happen overnight, I'm still working some things out of you, Joseph. I'm still sanctifying you through the process so that when I do exalt you, you're humble. So that when you are second to Pharaoh, you have a humility to you and that humility will bring me glory and draw other people to my name. So I need to work some things out of you before I let this dream come to fruition. It's not that God's delays or God's denials on your dreams. He's working something out of you before it comes to fruition. He's making sure you look more like his son. He's making sure that dream isn't about you getting the glory, but about him getting the glory. God's got to work that out of all of us. And I pray for me and all of you, I pray your platform is never greater than your faithfulness, whatever that dream may be. I pray none of our platforms for God are ever greater than our faithfulness. I got some friends that that are one of the top YouTubers in the world. And I've been praying with them for 15 years and they're being pretty faithful and their platform keeps blowing up and I just keep praying. God, don't ever allow their platform to be greater than their faithfulness. Verse Peter 5, 6 says this, humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. He lifts up. Our responsibility is to walk humbly with any dreams and callings he's put on our life that he may lift us up. Check this out. Psalm 37, 4 says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
I love this verse. Right, if we took Psalm 37.4 and broke it up into two parts, you could say Psalm 37.4a and Psalm 37.4b. The B part would be, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yes, sign me up for that, God. I want the desires of my heart, the dreams of my heart. Yes, that's what I want. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But there's the A part, and A becomes B. We all know the alphabet. Take delight in the Lord. Take desire in the Lord. Make him a priority. And the reason I think this is a promise is because when you desire in the Lord, first and foremost... His desires become your desires. Your heart becomes yoked with his. You start dreaming God-shaped dreams and not in our, our dreams are small. You can't dream big enough for God. You, you and I can't have a Volca big enough for God. Our dream, are, are you kidding me? Like, like people, when, when they say God doesn't give us more than we can handle, yes, he does. Sure he does. You don't think the Red Sea was more than Moses could handle? You don't think walking on water was more than Peter could handle? You don't think the, Midian, uh, the Midianite army wasn't more than Gideon can handle? God does give us more than we can handle. He doesn't give us more than he can handle, thus our need to depend on him. Your dream is more than you can handle. But it's not more than he can handle. And when you take delight in the Lord, when you desire in the Lord, his desires become your desires. And watch out and trust that dream. Doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. But as you take one step, walking faithfully with him after another and another, and he keeps working out of us what he needs to work out, that process of sanctification, he will fulfill his will for your life. Okay? The next one in Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plan. That's a promise. You commit to the Lord, and he'll establish the plans. Make those plans about him and his glory and advancing his kingdom, and he will establish his plans. Why would we waste time chasing, bringing ourselves glory when that's not the promise? The promise is that you commit to the Lord and he will do it. Matthew 6.33, to put it another way. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Put God first with your dreams, with your desires, with your family. Put God first and watch what he does. He hasn't let me down yet. I've been walking with him for 22 years and not once have I regretted it. Not once have I regretted making that decision to turn away all what the world tells me I should dream and all that the world tells me I should chase. I haven't regretted it for not one second. And he keeps putting dreams on my heart. And I just have to keep, Lord, is this you? I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I I know you didn't put me on this earth just to exist, right? He's got animals and trees to help that whole scientific process. Remember, I'm not good at science, so I don't know what that process is called. But but he's got them to take care. He created you for a reason. Psalm 139, 13 through 15. says he knit you together in your mother's womb. His eyes saw your unformed body. Beautifully and wonderfully are you made. He's got plans for your life. Read it. He has a calling on your life. And it's not just to exist. It's not just to watch Fox News. It's not just to spit toxic venom on Facebook. Can you imagine doing that? Just watching Fox News and Netflix and right into your presence of Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'm here. Sorry, I was just watching my last episode of Ozark. Right? And and then you're sat at the marriage supper of the Lamb with all these other believers that actually walked out in their calling and dreams that God put on their hearts. And they sit you at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and as far as you can see, right? As far as you can see. And and you just listen to all these stories of how they've walked out God's dream for their life. And then ten eyeballs look at you and say, what about you? How did you walk out the dream God put on your life? How did you walk out the calling? I went to Woodland Hills once a week. Watched a lot of Netflix, a lot of Fox News. I lived through the pandemic, so nope, nope, no excuses. They're like armpits. What, what are you going to do? God has a call on your life. And some of you think you've got too much baggage. 
to, to do anything? No. I just gave you example after example throughout Scripture, all the New Testament of God that used people with baggage. It's not about you cleaning yourself up. Jesus did the work on the cross, and God does the work for you through you when you walk in faithful and obedience. I just talked to a staff member after the first service. We do a debrief. And she said something really, really insightful. She said, my marriage is most alive when we're dreaming together. That was powerful. I thought about it. And, and it was true. My marriage, that's why it hit me so hard. Like, when, when Steph and I are dreaming together, that's when my marriage is most alive too. Right? The, the, the pandemic threw a curveball out of us and we just kind of got into this depression and this angst and this, no, don't stop dreaming. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade and then set up a lemonade stand. Right? Dream, dream big. People often discourage dreamers because they aren't living theirs. I, I, I don't understand this, Woodland Hills. I, Christians should never shoot other Christians. Like, I, I, out of jealousy or envy, I don't understand why you see a brother or sister in Christ that is crushing it for the gospel, why you're not just cheering them on. Go, yes, I love it. I'm behind you. Go, I want to do, yes. And I told the first services, and I'll tell you this too, and if you're online, if you got a dream and you want to put an action plan together and not rely on, hey, Woodland Hills, no, Ted told you guys this. It's not Woodland Hills dream, it's a calling God put on your life. If Stephanie and I can help you, we want to help you. Now, I can't do it for everybody, so do for one what you can't do for all. But I want to get in your corner. I'm telling you right now. If you got a plan together and you want to rock it for God's kingdom, not your glory, I want to help. I want to help. I want to cheer you on. I want to applaud you. I want to push you towards God's calling in your life. And I'll talk about that here in a second, how you can be more sure if you're stepping in cadence with God. But let's cheer each other on. You, you, you didn't go to World War II and these guys didn't jump in the trenches against the Germans and turn on each other. They were on the same team. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are on the same team. There is a real enemy called the devil and your brother and sister in Christ is not that person. We should be the greatest encouragers, the greatest exhorters, and the greatest supporters of other brothers and sisters in Christ when they begin dreaming things for God. Amen? Dreaming is not a spiritual gift. So exhortation, teaching, mercy, uh, prophecy, all those things are spiritual gifts. Dreaming is not a spiritual gift. Dreaming is inherited when you become a follower of Christ. It's inherited. You become a follower of Christ. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and it was nothing you did and you accept that. Then the dreams begin to get planted in your heart. He's the great dream giver and he gets a calling on your life. He doesn't call you to Jesus to do nothing. I promise you that because John 10, 10 says he came that you may have life and live at the full or fulfill your dreams. God-sized dreams, God-focused dreams. So this isn't like some people are dreamers and other people are dreamers. That's another what if. That's an excuse. No, all of you in here are dreamers because you serve, for those of you that are followers of Christ, the great dream giver. And I just can't find it. Hey, Peter, you're a fisherman? Get out of that boat. I got a dream for you. You're going to be a fisher of men. Hey, Matthew, you're a tax collector. Get out from behind that booth. I'm going to have you help collect souls instead. Get out from behind that booth. Oh, 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 Noah, I'm, I'm going to have you build a boat. I, I know you've never built a boat. and You've never seen rain, but I got, I got a different dream for you and your family. I just can't. Hey, David, you're a shepherd. You're actually going to be king. Come on. I, I just don't see anywhere in scripture when God calls them to that he doesn't put a dream in their heart. He's trying to put a dream in your heart. He's got a calling on your life. And that, you don't have to be Mother Teresa. You don't have to go to Calcutta, India and serve the dying and the leper and the sick. No. It might be something really small. I'm explaining. Look, look at this guy. I researched this. Do you know AARP, which is for old people? Did you know that AARP 
gives out an award every year for the people that are still living their lives of purpose. Right? So they've retired, they're done, and, 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 and instead of checking out and just doing nothing the rest of their life, they're actually living their life of purpose because they want to walk into the presence of Jesus realizing retirement's not biblical. You can retire from your occupation. You never retire from your vocation, your calling. And, and the man or woman of God doing the work of God is immortal until God says otherwise. And so if he's got you on this earth breathing, you better be dreaming. Edwin P. Nicholson, 79, of Port Tobacco, Maryland, a Vietnam vet and prostate cancer survivor who founded Project Killing Waters Fly Fishing, which mentors disabled vets during fishing trips around the world. 79 years old. How about this one? Reverend Violet Little, 69 years old, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who started the Welcome Church, a refuge for the homeless in the city of brotherly love that a congregation in development of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, ELCA. Little has become the voice of the homeless among ELCA's 10,000 plus congregations. How about this one? Well, I'm older than them. Okay. Bonnie Sikora, 96 years old. 96. South Fork Borough, Pennsylvania, a mother of 11 who served Meals on Wheels and volunteered at a nursing home late until her 90s until she could no longer physically do it. Talk about walking into the presence of Jesus. Realizing this world's not about you and having a God-sized dream. She didn't serve a million meals on wheels to the whole 50 states. She was faithful and walking out a God-sized dream in her heart just where she was, 96 years old. Okay, what about young people? This is in our church family right here. We just had a 14 to 15-year-old division CrossFit winner right here. Woodland Hills family, young man, loves Jesus, just won the fittest 14, 15-year-old division in the world. Now, use that platform for God's glory. Tim Tebow, right? Playoff winner for the Denver Broncos. Gave God all the glory and everybody hated on him, but he knew he was here to give God glory. So I'm going to be an athlete, but I'm going to give him all the glory in the midst of my athleticism. I hope he keeps that same focus and God continually does it. How about this? A six-year-old. Actually, it's my six-year-old. His name is Anders. He wasn't doing much this summer. So I put a dream in his heart because he wanted a lot of things, like a lot of Legos. And I said, buddy, money doesn't grow on trees. He said, well, how can I make money? I'm only six. I said, well, we live on a golf course. Go Easter egg hunting. He goes Easter egg hunting. He has washed, I'm not exaggerating, over thousands of golf balls this summer. Six years old. I put it out online. People start buying these mint pro VXs from him. He starts making a little bit of money. Starts making a lot of bit of money. Went from going from just wanting Legos to wanting... Video game consoles to wanting a four-wheeler. He said, but daddy, it's my money. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, Psalm 5010 says it's God's money. No, it's my money. Okay. How are you going to get that money? Take me to your bank. It is your money, but I want to talk to you about this. So he, he agreed. When you start making a lot of money and making about you, his dream became about him. And now he wants to start a whole golf ball business. And I said, I said, hold on. Let's call somebody. I got a buddy of mine named Bill Landers. He's a missionary down in the Luther. I've gone down there for the last six years to serve alongside him as he's done a phenomenal job serving a Haitian community called Blackwood in the Luther. They're kind of the throwaways on this island. And, I, and, and Anders and Aiden, both my boys have been with me to serve these Haitians in the Luther. I said, hey, let's call Bill. So I called Bill, put him on speakerphone, say, hey, Bill, Anders is doing pretty good at his golf ball business. Matter of fact, he's made quite a bit of money. But I'm trying to explain to him that he needs to earn 
give, save, spend. He's not liking this give part right now, Bill. Well, Anders, Bill says, I got a kid over in the Haitian development that you've met before. And because of COVID and lack of tourism on the Bahamas, these kids are going two, three days without eating anything. And, and if you wanted to help me out, I, I, could, I could feed some of these kids. Y'all, look at my arms because I'm about to show you this picture. So Bill sends me this picture two days ago. My son, I show him this picture, Anders, and I'm teary-eyed. His smile is from ear to ear. Ear to ear, smile, ear to ear, like Bill saying, hey, man, you just fed this family for a week. Thank you so much for giving me some of your golf ball money. Six-year-old. He gets up. He, after I show him this picture, he stops walking outside. I go, where are you going? He goes, I got to find more golf balls. I said, for what? He goes, I want to feed the whole village. (laughs) If a six-year-old can do it, what's our excuse? And if you need golf balls, let me know, okay? (laughs) If you need golf balls, let me know. But hey, it's baby steps, right? They can feel overwhelming, man. I've never even thought of it. Just baby steps, right? Step one, write it down. So even if you're sitting here stirring and God's stirring in your heart, write it down. Write your dream down. Just t- today, journal it. Write it down. Write something you want to do and see, is, is this God? The second thing is, pray about it. Psalm 139, 23, 24 says, Search me, O Lord, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Filter your dream through that scripture. Filter it through that. See if it's about you or about God. Filter it. And then the third thing is act. You know how everyone climbs Mount Everest? The same way. One step at a time. There's no, there's no trick to climbing Mount Everest. And you might think, man, this dream is monumental. One step at a time. Okay? As you guys know, it's been in the Olympics this week. We've been watching the Olympics. And so you're going to know this isn't from the current Olympics because there's actually fans. But, but there's a video that I want to close with. Check this out. Well, the crowd roars and the cameras flash. And uh, a very good run by the American, Trell Kimmons. He's gone very strongly indeed. Now then... The Jamaicans have got it served, the Americans, and Gatlin's made a bit of headway down the back straight there, and it's uh, USA from Jamaica at the moment, very, very strong indeed, but here goes, here goes the a Jamaican changeover was terrific, and all of a sudden you've got Tyson Gay versus Johan Blake, and Blake's winning this one, and here comes Usain Bolt, he has the baton, and it's Bolt versus Ryan Bailey, and Usain Bolt is moving away, and Jamaica retained their title, 36.85, and the world record has been taken apart. Oh, I say, what a way to finish an Olympic Games. The world record has gone. That is an astonishing time. 36.85. So Hebrews 12 talks about this great cloud of witnesses. Right? The marriage of the land. The people that lived out God's calling, God's dreams for their lives. And, and they're running. They ran their race. And they knew God put a dream on their heart. And they ran after that as fast as they can. And they ran their split as fast as they can. Their short little split of life. Their mist. Their vapor of a life. They ran as hard as they could. And, and they didn't spend it yelling at people on Facebook. And they didn't spend it watching Fox News all day. They didn't, they didn't spend it just sitting around the house doing nothing. No, they ran this race that God had for them. They ran this dream that God put on their heart. And then they ran. And then they passed it on to their sons or their grandsons or whoever. And they ran their leg of the race. And then they leg And eventually it got to you. And, and, and could you imagine? They just broke the world record in that Olympics in uh, uh, London. If, if when that third leg passed the baton to Usain Bolt. And he's got the lead. He's about to set the world record. And he grabs that baton. He's like, that's a cool dream. It's cool. 
I'm good. Just started strutting. Everybody passing them by, going, chasing their dreams, going after it. No. God's put a dream in your hand. God wants to put a dream in your hand. God's got a call on your life. And now this is your leg. This is your relay. This is your moment. Could you imagine if Woodland Hills became a bunch of dreamers, God-sized dreamers, not our personal dreams, how Taney County, Stone County, the entire world could be flipped upside down because people stopped listening to the enemy and want to see what God might want to do in their life. He didn't create you just to exist. Pray with me. Father God, thank you so much for this church family, for this body, that you don't call us just to exist, but you actually call us with a purpose and you have a plan for our life. And it doesn't matter how messed up and dirty and jacked up we are. You clean us up and you use us despite ourselves. Despite if we're dead, despite if we're a prostitute, an adulteress, a murderer, conspirator, you use us despite ourselves, God. So we come before you confessing that against you and only you have we sinned. So you prove right when you speak and justified when you judge, Lord. I pray that you would plant God-sized dreams in all the hearts in here today, even those listening online. God, would you use us for your glory? Would you use us that we may make your name great and not our own? We love you. It's in the matchless and mighty name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said.